1: The fans who want to keep pounding for the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, this is, this, this, is, this is Views is from Midstreet. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. It is week five, ladies and gentlemen, and your Carolina Panthers set to host the 49ers of San Francisco-led By Jimmy Garoppolo and you know we're going X's and O's and breaking it all down here on the views from Mitch Street podcast your home for all the Carolina Panthers talk that you could possibly ever want or need in your life I am Rob Brown host of the Rob Brown show which airs from 9 to noon every weekday morning on the fan upstate in Greenville South Carolina and joining me as always my co-host Here on this exceptional podcast we call Views from Mint Street, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel at the helm, and Zo, I, uh, you know, you are the king of positivity, you are the, 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 I should say the prince of positivity, I think, it's got a better ring to it, either way, man, uh, I I need you to bring uh, some positivity into my life right now, because I am uh, uninspired at the moment.
0: I don't know, Rob, but let me talk like most fans right now that I've seen on the internet and talk to. The season's over. Yeah, I know. It's only four games. Yeah, I know. We're only one game out of first. Yeah, but the Panthers, they need to fire the coach. They need to fire the owner. They need to fire the GM. They need to fire the quarterback. They need to, come on, people. It's four games. It is four games. That's it. It's been four games. Yes, the Panthers are one in three. But it's only been four games. We got, you know, three-fourths of the season still to go. Plenty of time left to right the ship, to get everything going the way it needs to go. And this could very well be that week where we stop taking in water.
1: I I would like to hope so. But of course, before we get into the
0: stake comes
1: to negativity. I mean, it had in fairness, it has been two minutes and five seconds. I have put it off long enough, or as right?
0: Rob, Rob would like to say, reality.
1: Correct. I am not a pessimist, I am a realist. Those are two very different things. Uh, let's start with the reality that is the most unfortunate news that we have gotten this weekend Jeremy Chin is on the injured reserve and will miss at the least the next four weeks. Jeremy Chin is out against San Francisco. He is out against the Los Angeles Rams on the road. He is out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he is out against the Atlanta Falcons. We will see if that IR stint lasts longer than those four weeks, but we do know that the four weeks are a minimum For Jeremy Chin, and we talked about this on our show earlier this afternoon. So Jeremy Chin is very interesting right now because he has not showed up on the stat sheet on the roll call based on performance. But if you go back and you watch those games, Jeremy Chin is doing all the what I call invisible stats, right? The invisible stats are. Things that you don't do in a game that you do in a game that don't show up on a stat sheet. Invisible stats are locking down one side of the field. Invisible stats are filling up what was supposed to be the run gap and forcing the running back to the outside to create tackles for losses. Jeremy Chin has been a king of the invisible stats this year. He has been incredibly valuable, even if his additions to the defense don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. Losing him for four weeks, you can claim next man up. You can claim, well, you know, you got to have another guy fill in the gap. There's a reason you're the next man up and not the next man or not the man. Uh, This is a big blow, Lonzo, especially considering while here's your positivity. We're only a game out of the lead in the division right now. We are about to come up against a murderer's row of five games because after that Atlanta game, Cincinnati awaits us on the back end. We are entering the most difficult five games that any NFL team will have over the next five, and now we've got to do it without one of the most important leaders on the defense, the only side of the ball that's working right now.
0: All that being said, I think it's easier to replace someone on the defensive side than it is on the offensive side because there's such a rotation there already, Uh, like when you're a nickel or, you know, like the rotation of the defensive line. So not saying there's not going to be a drop off because obviously there is, but you're going to be able to put experienced people back there. Uh, to uh, to handle it. It's not like you're putting in a backup quarterback or you lost all your running backs or you lost all your receivers. I think it's different on the defensive side.
1: Ordinarily, I would agree with that. Ordinarily, I would say, pardon me, that that's a good take. I got no issue with that. It's different with a guy like Jeremy Chin. And the reason it is different for a guy like Jeremy Chin is because Jeremy Chin is a guy who fills multiple roles with one Jersey, right? He can drop back and play safety. He can step up and play attacking safety. He can play center field. He can play outside linebacker if you need him to. And I suspect we will against the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll talk about why coming up in just a few moments. It is one thing. If a safety goes out. It's another thing. If a linebacker goes out, it's another thing. If a pass rush specialist goes out, Jeremy chin is, is all of those things and in and in one player. So if you plug that guy in and you've got not only an incredibly athletic player, but an incredibly athletic player who can play multiple positions on the field, it gives you a versatility that guys in the backup role aren't going to give you, right? Because I put chin on the field and I can drop him back into a cover high safety and turn a single high into a Tampa two. I can walk him up into an inside linebacker position and go one extra man zone across the line. I can walk him up and bring him off the edge and give an extra pass rusher that has success off the edge and free a linebacker spot up to drop back off in the zone. He is capable of doing so many different things that anytime Jeremy Chin is on the field, you can entirely change your offense just based on where you line him up and what assignment you give him To not have that, it kind of locks us in to specific defenses. It kind of decreases the ability to change the defense and the look that we give give Jimmy G pre-snap, and that's why this is a bigger loss than if J.C. Horn went down.
0: Yeah, don't you be saying that. Don't you put that bad mojo out there, Rob Brown.
1: I don't like it either. I don't like it either, for the record. So you're going to see Marquise Blair. Uh, Blair is going to have to step up and fill that role. Marquise Blair is a new addition to the roster just brought in who is recognized so far for one tackle on the season, and he is going to have to do a lot of the yeoman's work to try to replace Jeremy Chin on the defense. We'll come back to that in just a few minutes when we dive into the X's and the O's of this game. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, were the comments of Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo over the last 24 hours. Baker Mayfield, of course, took, I guess, heat for the comments that he made in the press conference after the game when he got asked, how do you feel about the fans booing you? And his response was, I don't care. I don't care, right? We got to do what we got to do. We got to fix what we got to fix. I don't care. Now, since then, Baker got back into the mix again, and he said a lot of the problems that we are having on offense are my fault. A lot of the problems that we're having on offense are caused by me. He did take that ownership that a lot of people would like to see out of Baker Mayfield. Lonzo, I I really didn't have a problem with the comments Baker made in the postgame presser. When he said, I don't care that people are booming. It didn't bother me at all that he said that. It shouldn't bother him. I can't have a starting quarterback who is influenced by the fans and their reaction, even when the play is bad. But this is kind of the Baker we've gotten used to in Charlotte. There's no bravado, there's no cockiness, there's no arrogance. Baker looked at the situation, he realized that even if it's for a bad reason, His comments from Sunday were being taken negatively, so he came out and he said something that is more fan-friendly, something that is more, uh, it's going to look nicer when a reporter jots that down into a newspaper. He's handled the blowback, which should not exist, but it does. He's handled the blowback as well as anybody else could have asked him to over the past 24 hours, I think.
0: The thing is, though, you can say, oh, man, my bad, my fault. This is I, I know that a lot of this is me, but what are you going to do to fix it? And the other thing is, is he capable of fixing it? Because not all of these problems are his fault. Should he be more accurate? Absolutely, he should be. Should he hit some more open receivers? Absolutely, he should be. The offensive line is starting to play a whole lot better. They're starting to gel. The play calling still stinks and will continue to stink as long as Ben McAdoo is here. Uh, So you've got to find a way to work around that. You've got to find a way to maybe take a little more charge. And if you see a play that's being called is not a good one, audible out of it and get, get to a good one a headspace that we know he's been in before because we've seen him on a bad Cleveland Browns team, turn that thing around. No, not all entirely him, but a lot of it was him. Uh, Turn that thing around and get them to the playoffs. He could do the same thing in Carolina. If Baker Mayfield plays to the potential that he has, that he's played in the past, how many games would Carolina have won this year?
1: I mean, honestly, three and one, right? like three and one genuinely the three and one they they, they theoretically could be four and oh because again we didn't really fall off the cliff against arizona until very late in the football game so cleveland's a win new york's a win new orleans we did win and if you put arizona behind the eight ball going into the fourth offensively speaking they also have not been able to finish games if we were 60% of that level, Lonzo, we'd be a 4-0 football team right now.
0: Well, and there's a couple other players who could play better too, including receivers, because there were some drop balls that shouldn't have been dropped in every game, but that's they, that happens across football on every level. But yeah, if he plays just a little bit better, not, I, I I don't know what, 20% better, maybe 30% better, you got a better shot of winning those games because some of those Game, well the first two games came down to three points you won. you won the third game the fourth game as you pointed out in the third quarter you got a shot at the thing and uh so find a way to get 20 30 percent better and let's see what happens all
1: right I am going now to transition us to the comments of Ben McAdoo McAdoo was quoted by a couple of Panthers reporters on Twitter on Thursday as saying this, Lonzo. And in fact, let me me go pull the direct quote because I I certainly want this to be an accurate reflection. Uh, Ben McAdoo said, quote, I was brought in here to make an impact, but it hasn't happened yet. End quote. I'm going to give you first crack at that.
0: Really? It hasn't? Yeah, you're right. It hasn't happened yet. So that's all he said. There wasn't, it hasn't happened because of this. This is what I have to do better. I mean, you don't have to be completely detailed because you don't want to give the opposite of the other team, you know, fuel to know what you're going to do. But I mean, point out some of the things that you've done wrong. Talk about some of the play calling, seeing not seeing defenses like you should, not using the running game like you should. Some things like that. Come out and take some accountability other than you were brought in to do something and you haven't done it. I think we all know that.
1: Yeah, you know, yesterday on our show, we had a whole thing about a reporter asking a question of Nick Saban. And, and you said it was a dumb question because you already knew the answer to the question. And I think in, in retrospect, that's probably very fair. Ben McAdoo saying I was brought here effectively to run a better offense than I'm doing. Like, yeah, we are aware of that. We know that now we want to see it get fixed. Now we want to see it get better. There is zero excuse for Christian, even from me, a guy that's like, hey, don't run the tread off of CMC's tires too early is like, yeah, but I didn't mean hand him the ball eight times and run it 13 total in a whole game. That's not what I meant like at all.
0: Yeah, we we should blame Rob for this. The reason why they didn't rub the ball, run the ball in the second half last week. It's it's all Rob Brown's fault.
1: I would accept that if that wasn't the case in week 1 and 2. And 3, with a pair of back-to-back Hundo games for Run CMC in the process, I would be more willing to accept that jovial bit of criticism. Uh instead, I am going to say, yeah, Ben, we know. The question is What are you going to do about it, right? What are you going to do about it? So what do the Panthers need to do to beat the 49ers?